Hello, everyone, and welcome to another one of our team previews for the 2024 season. Today, we are looking at the big juggernauts, the winner of the World Tour season in 2023, UAE Team Emirates. And with 57 victories, we're definitely one of the standout teams. And as always, to discuss this, I'm joined by Patrick Blake of Aldo Cycling and one third of the National Cycling Podcast. And I mean, Patrick, UAE Team Emirates, it's not just the Tad Gacha show. It's really not. It's uh, This is a team which is going from strength to strength and them alongside Jumbo Visma are really the two strongest teams in, in the sport right now. I think we can all pretty safely agree with that. And UAE, like you say, not just Pogacab, you've got Ayuso and also Almeida and they've made some really good signings, I think, in this transfer window to really kind of bolster the future and I'm looking forward to talking about that but yeah I guess we'll also be talking about Pogacar and what we think he can do in 2024 and who we're going to send to each of the Grand Tours and the monuments and stuff I think this is going to be one of the more interesting team previews for sure. But yeah Patrick we might as well just have a look at the results I mean start of the year Jay Vine absolutely fantastic won the individual time trial national championships then went on to win the Santos Tour Down Under like First race, wins the race, absolutely superb. Then we had a gravel one-day race won by Tadvagacha. Then the Tour of Oman, we had Diego Olisi take the stage win. Then Tadvagacha came into his own, winning three stages along the way. And Tim Wellens won a stage at the Volta Andalusia. At the UAE Tour, they didn't win it. Adam Yates finished third, but he took the stage win on stage seven. Molano took a stage win as well. Paris-Nice, we had an absolutely explosive Tadvagacha who won four, seven, and eight, and the overall. And then we had the GP Denan, won by Milano. I actually forgot about that. Tadwagacha winning Tour of Flanders. Finn Fisher Black winning the Giro de Sicilia. Amstel Gold and Flesh Balloon by, won by Tadwagacha. Juan Ayuso winning uh, the individual time trial in Tour of Romandy. And then Adam Yates winning the Tour of Romandy overall and winning a stage. Then the Tour of Hungary, they took two stage wins with Mark Hirschi. In the Giro, We'll talk about that later. The Bucle de Mayenne, they won a stage with Ivo Oliveira. Marquesi again winning another one-day stage race. They had a lot of success in the national championships, winning here, then everywhere, including Tarbogaccio, who just came back from his injury. And then the Tour, we'll talk about that. Tour of Polonia, they won with Rafa Maika, a stage. Walter Gorgos, again, Molano. Tim Wellens, Renewi Tour, winning the overall. Yeah, yeah, winning the overall. The Welter, the, uh, we'll talk about that later. GP in Montreal, Adam Yates, surprising winner. Then we had Mark Hirschi picking up another one-day race in Italy. Mark Hirschi in Tour of Luxembourg. Davide Formula winning as well. Again, uh, Tarpagaccio winning Il Lombardia, another monument. And we had the Tour of Turkey, Jay Vine picking up a victory. I didn't even remember that. Minato, classic one by Formula. And then the last victory was... Milano. But uh, yeah, Patrick, plethora of victories and didn't even mention Ackerman, but he's not there anymore. Yeah. What did you think of their season as a whole from all those riders? Just insane, really. Unbelievable performance from UE and definitely deserving of winning the UCI ranking. Although, no offense, nobody really cares about, about that. But... It's still good nonetheless. They get to put it on their bus and stuff like that. And I, I just love how they're competitive over every single domain. They're really good at one-day races. They're really good at grand tours. They're really good at stage races. Adam Yates, who came in for this season, was a really good signing. Lots of people, including us, were talking about him probably being the best signing of for the 2023 season. I just think that you he were, were were really good this year in well I don't know we're in danger of kind of straying into UAE fanboy territory. So I guess I'll just kind of 
cut it off here and we'll we'll go and talk about other parts of our season. I know that uh, there's that not very secret agenda you and you and have against Jumbo Visma, but I mean, you have had a phenomenal year. You can't deny that at all. There's a reason why they're number one in the World Tour rankings. I think it's incredible. But they didn't win the Tour of Slovenia, so there is that. It's true. Failed. Failed season. And they didn't win the UAE Tour as well, their home tour. So. Oh, that's very true. But we might as well start with the transfers. And I mean, Patrick, I've been talking a lot because of all the results. So who is leaving the squad? Leaving the squad, we've got quite a bit of experience, I'd say, is leaving the squad. We've got Matteo Trentin as one of the riders going out, which is going to be a bit of a blow to their classic squad. He was definitely very pivotal towards kind of helping Pogaccia. We're losing Ackerman as well to Israel Premier Tech alongside George Bennett. Very good mountain domestique. But they will all, they'll both go and get more opportunity at Israel Premier Tech. Davide Formolo, another quite important mountain domestique. He's going to Movistar. Jan Polank is retiring, which is a bit of a shame. I don't think that, you know, I definitely think that he's still a, a very good rider. So it's a bit of a shame that he's leaving. Ryan Gibbons is going to Lidl Trek. And Felix Gloss is going to Radnet Oswald. Of course, people will probably know him more for being the person who hung on to the back of the, of the lorry recently rather than any result which he got throughout his career or his time at UAE. Then we got two riders who are still unknown in Michael Vink and Jose Alvaro Hodge. He hasn't quite clicked at UAE team Emirates. I think there's been some injuries and stuff along the way. Bit unfortunate, but I definitely think that UAE have pretty much moved away from their sprinting time. You kind of dabbled in it for a bit. They had um, like Gaviria... Ackerman, Hodge, but it seems that they've well and truly moved away from that sort of episode of their of career. And uh, I think that's probably for the better. I think this team is more of a GC team, let's face it. And that way you don't end up like using up your roster, trying to build a lead out train when you could be fielding in riders to try and improve your future prospects or to try and strengthen your your grand tour teams to ultimately try and help Pagacha to win whatever grand tour he ends up going to. There's still I don't know circulations of him going to the Giro, but fairly certain he'll probably go to the tour because they do have other riders like Almeida and Ayuso to be sending to the other grand tours. But yeah, what do you reckon about Scott? There's a lot of experience going out, but is there anybody here who you think that's quite a big loss? I think it's fine. The riders that are losing, they've got a lot of strength, like Trentin, older. Um, but yeah, who's coming in more interestingly? Yeah, I think the riders coming in are super interesting. And this is pretty much going to make UE one of the most dominant teams in the next five years, if they're not already most dominant now. I'll talk about the more experienced riders we've got Sivakov and Pollitt two very good signings Sivakov coming from the Ineos Grenadiers I think he definitely fills in for like that Formolo and, and Bennett which they're losing I think that's a really good signing Nils Pollitt coming in from Bora really strong domestique a lot of people talk about UAE's lack of strength during the breakaway formation phase of of a race and how they really lack that domestique that big ruler to control things on the front i can definitely remember ue panicking sometimes during stages and having to launch all their riders onto the front so pollitt's a really good signing a good sort of cornerstone to to having that team and they will also get quite nicely into that couple classics team he kind of replaces trenton in a way and then we've got some very young riders so we've got Filippo balancini from lidl trek he of course won the under 23 road race in flanders a couple of years ago so that's a really cool one igor alietta from equipo kern farmer i remember finishing a cyber top 10 of tour de l'avenir 
maybe last year or the year before. And then two of the most exciting ones, Antonio Morgado from Hagensberg and Axion, one of the most exciting prospects for the future, finished second at the under-23 road race in Glasgow. So exciting. And I can't wait to see where he's going to fit into this. And of course, after all the deliberation, we have the Tour de l'Avenir winner, Isaac Del Toro. Lots of hype around this guy. And this is really the arguably one of the more exciting riders to be signed to this team. I think for a while had a bit of an established like Avonapool and Pagatra as these young sensations. But I think it's been a while since we've had somebody like really exciting coming up. And I think at Del Toro being Mexican, it's a bit of like a less frequent nationality in the world tour. And I think he's gonna be a quite a cool rider for, for kind of the, the neutral fans to get around as a different nationality a bit like when Amador for example was kind of back in like 2016 at the Giro yeah Del Toro is a, a really interesting one what do you think about about these signings Scott is this I think this solidifies the team and probably makes them want like 20, until 2028 I think this could be the most dominant team Yumbo should be a little bit scared I mean, yeah, I think yes. When you look at this, it's just like who's who of uh, big talents, like under 23 titles, like you said, Tour de l'Avenir titles. Obviously, they couldn't get the Giro under 23 Giro champion because he's with Yumbo, but like the indicator of the Tour de l'Avenir that we've seen year on year. Okay, don't count Ruben Fernandez or someone like that, uh, even though I was really excited about him when he won it back in whenever. But like when you look at it, you've had Tadugacha, Egan Bernal, and they went on to great things. Tobias Foss, okay, he hasn't exploded onto the scenes, but he's getting there. He's developing as well. Alta Brooks as well, obviously, doing already in top 10. Isaac Del Toro, like you said as well, Mexican gives that extra bit of flair that we like. Getting a new country or not a new country, but like a country that didn't have a superstar, a bit like with Bini and Eritrea. There were Eritrean riders in the Peloton, but not like a world beater. This could be their world beater. And going with UAE, where they have such experience, support, you can look up to Tarugacha, Joao Almeida, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's a very scary prospect. And But like, yeah, he's still very young. I think he's not in his 20s still. But do you think he is like... The next, uh, we're always going to say, is he the next Tarabagacha? But it's very hard, big shoes to fill. Yeah, it is big shoes to fill. I just love how he's sort of come out of nowhere. At the beginning of 2023, I had not heard of this man, which is somebody who kind of touts myself as quite the cycling nerd. It's, it's definitely one that's flown under the radar. I think there's a lot still to be seen from, from him. We don't know really about his time trialing ability that much considering that the one tt that was in the tour de l'avenir the individual one was just all uphill and the other one was in the sabui tour which i think is just mainly uphill so there's definitely a lot to still be unpacked from from him we also don't know about his one day ability he seems quite savvy on the bike i remember the the uh what was it of a col de la Loz. He definitely played the group really well. Somebody attacked and he almost let somebody else bring it back. And then he attacked over top of it, which is just a little indication that I think he's got, he's not just some watts per kilo junkie who's just like going to ride on the front and just be really clueless. It shows that he's got a little bit of, of savviness to him, which is something which Pagaccio has as well. And, and I think Jonas has got that as well. So that's a really good sign for the future for me. The only thing that I do worry about is that at UAE Team Emirates, of course, we've got Pagacha, we've got Ayuso, we've got Almeida. Where is, you know, Pagacha was very young 
you know, he was only a year or so older than Del Toro is when he got his Vuelta Espana debut and he had that insane like three stage wins and third place in GC. Del Toro, there's not that sort of chasm of GC rider like missing from UE. There's, they're, they're saturated. So where does he get his opportunities? Is he going to end up being 23 and he's not really had his breakthrough yet because he had, doesn't have the opportunities? Do you think that's a worry or do you think that UE have gone through this enough times to know what to do with their talent? That is a very good question. I mean, are we just going to see him winning the Tour of Austria until he's 23? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm (laughs) worried about. I don't want to see talent just waste away. Yeah, it is that thing as well, like we saw with Ineos, where it's like, it's better to have the talent than have it on another team. So rather have them on the bench and not doing anything than Coffee D's having at Isaac Del Toro and wiping the floor with everyone. But yeah, no, it's very true because we're saying the conundrum they have already, you, you've you got three Grand Tours, that's it. Only one guy can be your big, well, they they could have like dual leadership, I guess. But like Ayuso, Almeida, Pogaccia, Adam Yates is kind of like, well, he's not, well, third in the tour, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like you are gonna definitely gonna be uh, taking dual leadership to a lot of races. I think I see him more these guys almost taking the weight off of the big dogs. So like Pagacha won't have to go and do uh, smaller races or whatever. Like they, they can go to these riders like a uh, a Volta Algarve, a Volta Comunitat Valenciana, Ruta del Sol. Those kind of smaller races means that you don't need to send your big Ayuso's, Almeida's, or Pagacha's there. They can just do their very kind of calculated training camps just on their volcano. And then Del Toro and Morgado and Finn Fisher Black or whoever their future talent is can go to these races and kind of cut their teeth there. That's how I see it working out. But at the end of the day, I am, I am not like a team manager at UAE. I'm not a team manager at any team. So what do I know? But that seems to make sense to me as as what I would do. I don't see them jumping into a Grand Tour this year. I don't really see them doing a a, a Dauphiné or anything really either. It's a hard one. What 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 has Isaac Del Toro been promised as well, apart from just millions of millions of euros, probably? Because like the contracts are getting insane for like young riders as well. Like this Remco uh, Tarugacha era we're in with the young riders doing well and like you've said in the past like it used to be 27 was when you started really getting the big results but here if you're not at the blocks already it's kind of like oh well on to the next new hope yeah it feels it it is very cutthroat unfortunately you don't get that time it's to progress you just have to be flying out the gate otherwise you're deemed as washed and you know, you're, uh, you know, he's not, he's just not going to do it anymore. But it's just an unfortunate era that we're in. And uh, UAE, like you say, they'd, they'd rather have all the riders in their team and not succeed than to have them on another team and potentially be a threat. So you can't blame him for that. Del Toro signed up until 2026, so three-year contract. It's probably a decent length. Kind of that's enough time for him to hopefully kind of see what he's made of. But just very excited to see it. It's like hopefully just like a Mexican rider inside the top 10 of stuff. And I think that he's good enough rider where he can definitely get some results this year, which is what I'm excited about. I don't want him to just be a domestique for two years. We might as well move on. The Monuments, obviously, they had a lot of good results in 2023 with Tarugacha winning 
well, not winning Milan San Remo, coming fourth, winning the Tour of Flanders, quite surprisingly, didn't do Paroubay. One, uh, well, he did Liège Bastogneux, but crashed out, unfortunately. And then obviously winning Il Lombardia once again, a third time in the row. And uh, yeah, Patrick, when we're looking towards the 2024 season, is it just copy paste and don't crash in Liège Bastogneux? I mean, even with the crash, they still finished 10th with Hershey which is uh, decent. And actually, their lowest finishing in a monument this year was in Roubaix, where they finished 13th with short backs. The fact that 13th is your lowest finishing result in a in a monument is very good, considering that that's also the one which you're probably going to be the weakest on. For 2024, I think you're right. Keep it all pretty similar. Whether Pogaccia will do as many one-day races, there is chatter about, is he going to have to put Flanders and San Remo or Stradi and stuff. Are those going to have to take a back seat in 2024 because of the risk which they provide? Liège this year being the big example where if Pogaccia hadn't have crashed in Liège, would he have done better in the Tour? The Tour is, at the end of the day, the big goal which Pogaccia will be expected to do well in for UAE. So, you know, is him sacrificing some of the one-day races like more worthwhile? Are we going to see him do a bit of a Remco and Roglic where he's you know, not going to do La Flèche Wallonne or Amstel. He's just going to focus on Liège-Bastogne-Liège. I won't be surprised. I think that UE will be quite keen to not, you know, lose to you, Jumbo Visma for a third year in a row at the talks. I think that sets a bit of a precedent that you are the kind of secondary team. So I think he will do San Remo in Liège and Il Lombardia, but Flanders, I don't know, to be honest. I, I think that as defending champion, he will want to go there. So I think he will do like all the monuments bar Roubaix, but I wouldn't expect him to be doing lots of the other ones in there as well. I think he might get kind of reined back in a little bit for those, but supporting him in like a San Remo, I mean, do you really need anybody else other than Pogaccio? We've talked about San Remo. Having the numbers game doesn't really matter when everyone gets dropped. So do you just rally around Pogaccio and just pile in a load of guys like Pollitt or and, and Velens? And Finn Fisher Black and Björg and Sjord Backs, and you just pile them all in to get into the podio. Do you reckon that's probably the, the best idea? Yeah, I agree. Once Machovanapol goes, it's like, doesn't matter that you have seven riders in the front group. I think that for Flanders, it's a little bit more interesting with the loss of Trenton. It'll be quite similar to last year. So I would go with Pagacha, Björg, Backs, maybe one of the Oliveras. Nils Pollitt will definitely get in there. Tim Vellens will get in there as well. Starter Virgo Lagen might get in there as well. Balanchini, possibly. So that's kind of your the riders that you're going to be fielding. I think the loss of Trenton isn't isn't brilliant. I think that you're going to be relying quite a bit on... Well, Vellens, of, of course, had that crash, which was not ideal during Flanders. So we don't know what he would have been capable of. But I think it's going to be Pogaccio with the kind of two... Right-hand lieutenants will be uh, Pollitt and, and Vellens, and then everyone else is just kind of the early phase riders. And then I think it's going to be pretty similar for Roubaix, apart from no Pogaccia. So therefore, I think that Roubaix will once again be their kind of weaker race. Do you think that Pollitt can step up? I mean, he is a former podium finisher. Can he find those legs? New team... We've spoken about that in other episodes, so that that can be a good catalyst for new results, new team. And with him being such a clear leader, potential leader anyway, I think, yeah, why not put all your eggs in the Pollard basket? I mean, Miguel Biao kind of fits a good profile as well. He's done good in a couple of races before, so those two 
I would look towards to try and get a better than 13th, but even 13th is pretty good when you're thinking that they don't have a Wavanaugh, Macho Vanderpool in their team. Or Jasper Philipson now. Yeah. They did have. You should have kept him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But they're phased out of this, this sprinter phase, aren't they? I think a goal would definitely be top 10. If you get top 10 in Roubaix, you could probably top 10 every single monument. And I think that's quite a good plaudit to be taking at the end of the season. So that, that's my thinking. Liège gets a little bit more interesting. And also, I guess this is also very similar for Il Lombardia. Pagach will be the leader. But you've got such a plethora of talent here. You've got Hershey in here as well. I think probably goes Micah, McNulty, Sivakov, Adam Yates, Ulissi, Velen. they send two teams? <laughs> Honestly, if they did do, I think they, they probably should. <laughs> then you've also got Alessandro Covey, Finn Fisher-Black. Groschakner. This is a team which is ridiculously strong when it comes to any sort of hilly one-day race. And honestly, anything less than a podium at Liège and Il Lombardia is failure for me. With this team, you have to, have to finish on the podium at least for those two monuments. You could honestly field two teams. <laughs> you could do. Yeah, I completely agree with you. But we might as well move on. The Giro d'Italia, obviously, they haven't won that race as a team. They would look to do that in 2024. Quite successful. Pascal Ackerman taking a stage win that I completely forgot about. Brendan McNulty as well taking a stage win. Joao Almeida winning that fantastic stage 16. Third place as well with, with Almeida, his first podium. And... What do you do for the 2024 season? There have been murmurs. Well, I think it's more like cycling fans wondering whether Tadabagacha is going to take this or not. We've seen the route as well. And uh, there's that tiny gravel stage, a bit packed front week. But yeah, Patrick, you're the team manager of UAE Team Emirates. Who are you sending? I think you should probably be aiming to take a step up from third place. This is, I think kind of like the next frontier for UAE is to be competitive in more Grand Tours. At the end of the day, Jumbo Visma won all three Grand Tours in 2023. UAE have sort of got a match that. It's like a tit-for-tat kind of thing where they, they are kind of head and head. So I would send a user to the Giro d'Italia. I know that people have been saying that, oh, you know, you could send Pagaccio and a user to the Tour. And I see that. I do think that's got a little bit of weight to it. But we've talked about this, that the Tour's already so saturated with riders going there. Would it not make more sense to send a Yuzo to Vajira where he'd have a good shot of probably finishing on the podium, if not a little bit higher, depends who goes, but he'd have a good shot of, I think, getting at least third place, considering that he is still very young and improving on like year on year. So I think that a Yuzo could honestly do a good job at Vajiro. Alongside him, I would send a decent team to, to support him. I would like to see somebody like... I'd like to see Finn Fisher-Black there. Problem is, you don't want to take riders away from ultimately Pogaccio at the Tour. Would you send maybe like Jay Vine goes again to, to the Giro? He did that this year. Micah, where does Almeida fit into all this? Does Almeida go as well? Do they do like a dual thing? That didn't really work at the Vuelta, so I'm not sure why it would necessarily work here. I mean, this is a team with a little bit of like an Italian edge to it, so maybe like Baloncini and Covey get in here as well because this is kind of like this is a team which has stemmed from Lamprey, which was an Italian team, so it still feels like I've got that Italian sort of heritage, I want to say. So maybe a couple of a couple of Italian riders in there as well. But do you think a user could be a serious threat to win the Giro? 
at the end of the day, we have talked about in previous previews, specifically Jaco, we talked about Simon Yates's chances of winning the Giro. Do you think that a user could have an equally good chance? It's a bit like you've said in past episodes where it's like looking at the Tour de France, who's who's signaling to going there? Roglic, Tadvigatra, Jonas Vingal. Does one a user beat any of them? Probably not. So you're looking for a top five at best. I'm not sure he he wants to play second fiddle to Tad Vigacha. I think he wants to ride for his own chances. He's like one of the best talents that Spain has had for a while. So since the Contador era kind of thing. I mean, he's cut his teeth at the welter for two years now. Podium and then a top four, was it? So with the lack of big guys going here, if he's up against a Jide Hindley, a Simon Yates, whoever in your send as well, I think... He stands a good chance of potentially podium or, yeah, you wanted improvement of that third place. But winning it could be could be on the cards. We've seen his time trialing as well. Winning stages last year, Tour de Suisse, the Tour de Romandie, put, put a team around him and maybe have Milano as a plan B, as they always seem to do. Yeah, I think he'd have a really good shot, especially since you got about... 70 kilometers of time trialing in here and the user has shown that he is a good time trialist so he'll definitely put time into those who who aren't the best about discipline although simon yates is still quite good about that you've got your based upon the welter this year where you've got like your jonas's you've got roglic etc i consider a user to be like so somewhere between those guys and sort of the rest of them like lander mass etc etc I kind of consider him to be kind of top of that second tier at the moment. So I think that he could, given that those top guys won't be going to the Giro, he definitely could have a good shot of winning. But like you say, do you take a bit of a contingency plan in in Milano in, as a sprinter? Because Milano is probably not going to make it to the tour squad. I, I just don't want to use her to go to the Vuelta again. Otherwise, he is in danger of becoming just a Vuelta merchant and just doing that for the rest of time because he's Spanish and, you know, it's this the Spanish Grand Tour so why would he not go there but I do feel like the Giro is the natural progression that he'll probably take into this year I just don't know who to field around him is is the problem because you need a strong enough team but not like a not one where you're taken away from Pogaccio at the Tour it's hard to say maybe you put in like Ulysses as a stage hunter Sivakov possibly could get in there Hershey's a bit of a weird one as well in Grand Tours he's a bit of a weird one when it comes to a domestique because he's not like a massive engine but he's also not like a high mountain climber so he's just a really good puncher but those don't have massive utility in a Grand Tour they're more the people who you rally around as a team to get stage wins like Alaphilippe has been in the past so Hershey's a bit of a weird one maybe you send him to the Giro too because he could get some puncher stages possibly but it's a bit of a conundrum but I would focus around a user yeah a user could do well yeah it's what you're saying as well yeah who do you put around who who well this is leaking into the tour de france section but who who's going to the tour tab gacha obviously adam yates i'd send almeida okay well. yeah exactly because almeida as we all know loves that one pace but he doesn't really get like dropped fully i know he did kind of at the vuelta but when you've got like Jonas attacking and then maybe like stopping attacking you can get Almeida to come back that could be really good if you've got Almeida and Yates and Pogaccia I think that could be a, a better move of course Sepkus will probably be there as well so it's a numbers game but like you said I reckon Pollock gets in here pretty easily I reckon Velens might get in here he does suffer with heat apparently so I'd, maybe maybe not Bjerg likely gets in here as well Micah usually gets into the tour team as well 
and Brendan McNulty, Jay Vine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. McNulty, Novak. They're still, yeah. McNulty probably gets in here because he's very versatile. He is a bit of a, he's not exactly like Wildman Art, but he's Wildman Art esque where he can, he's got a big engine for the flat, but he's also a decent enough climber. So I think that McNulty could definitely get into this tour squad as well. It'll be a very strong tour team and it's focused around Pagacha. So I'm, I'm just wondering whether they can do it. Can they topple Yumbo? It's going to be so hard to do if they field Jonas and Sepp because that's going to be a really hard nut to crack. But maybe they could do it. Oh, I just saw that fly. Yeah, fuck that. Do you think that UAE, with that kind of hypothetical team, do you think they could, could take on Yumbo? Or do you think they'll fall just short, sort of, again? Yeah, I mean, that is the question. Are UAE ever going to get on top again on the Tour de France? Will Gacha win the Tour de France Again, two-time champion. When he he won the second one in 2021, we were all like, "This is it. We're going all the way to eight, seven. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do I think he's got? I mean, the route looks. I mean, any route fits Tadbagacha. It's Tadbagacha fans will be screaming at me right now. He was coming into the tour weakened by that wrist bad build-up as well so that was kind of a big asterisk. He looked phenomenal in the first week where where he that first stage where well stage five of stage four where Jonas took it the yellow jersey and then Tabragacha came straight back the next day he looked phenomenal and maybe if he doesn't have as heavy a monument season like you were alluding to potentially maybe it is going to be a completely different Tabragacha but I just feel like is he going to rise to the challenge because Jonas kind of rose to the Tabragacha challenge 2021 that was a big year for him obviously suddenly he was the leader of a team that he wasn't expecting. And then the year after, he came back and really learned from his his mistakes. 2023, obviously, that asterisk of the injury. But yeah, I think UAE will do absolutely everything to kind of hit them back again. Stronger mm. team, I think, maybe. But how much difference does a team make when you're going up a mountain anyway? I mean, the scary part, though, with Jonas is he seemed very defensive and he never really like folded himself out he didn't completely attack at any point really we saw it at the welter but that was a weakened Jonas Ringo so I think he had more to give that time trial was absolutely phenomenal it's just whether if Tarbagacha has that extra layer that extra gear which I think he does he's younger than Jonas he's still developing as a rider if we're going by the old metrics but then like you've mentioned in the past, are they going to burn themselves out because they've gone so hard so soon in their career as well? Obviously, as a Vingor fan, I, I want Vingor to win. As a Dane, obviously, I'm going to be in the Jonas Vingor corner. Yeah. But yeah, what hard. do you think? You're pro you're more impartial than I am, even yeah. though you have this this vendetta against Vosma uh, Lisa bike, even though they weren't first in the rankings, despite yeah. winning Grand Tours. I, I like variety. And and Jonas has won two years in a row in the same way that when Pagacha won two years in a row, I was like, oh my God, this Pagacha guy. I then became a Jumbo Visma fan. And now Jumbo Visma won for two years. And I'm like, oh, well, I wish somebody else would win now. I don't hate them. I just hate people winning too much. But anyway, that point, I digress. I think that 2021, I don't think Jonas was like fully prepared because he wasn't, like you say, going to be the leader. 2022, Pagacha got beaten basically on that stage 11 over the Glibier and to the, the Granon because Numa Visma were stronger. They had two riders up the Glibier and they were rolling attacks. So Pagacha lost because he had a weak team. 
a team which is better now and therefore that won't happen again. 2023, Pogaccia didn't have optimal prep. So I feel like the last two years, the reason why Pogaccia lost can be rectified through not crashing and the fact that he's got a stronger team now. So I think that those problems are kind of neutralized, but Jonas has got better as well. So I think that if they both have an equal run-up, I'd still slightly favor Jonas just because of the high terrain, the fact that Pogaccia's big collapses have been on the big mountains as, as you would expect but Jonas just seems better on these longer climbs and the fact that we've got quite a few of those in the 2024 route I think favors Jonas a little bit 2023 Jonas was just so clinical like you said he didn't attack more than he needed to he won one stage didn't he and it was the TT that was it that was completely he did exactly what he needed to do to win but that does make me fearful that what's full flight Jonas like was he holding was he holding back? Did we not see full full potential Jonas at that tour? So maybe there's a little bit there which we're not accounting for. So I think that I ever so slightly favour Jonas at the moment. So hopefully Pogaccia has a full clean run-up because I just want that good competitive fight. And I think that UAE are going to field a team which is going to be the best team they've ever fielded. And I think that that will give Pogaccia the best chance possible. So long as he doesn't crash, he will have support in the mountains enough to sort of tied over the, the the pressure from Jumbo. Yeah, I mean, the prospect of having Tarbogacha full form, Almeida full form, Adam Yates full form, like that is a mountain train that can rival the best mountain trains in the world, if I'm not honest. And Jumbo, yeah, well, Visma Lisa bike, uh, they're not going to have that. They're going to have Sepp Kuz maybe, but like they don't have a Roglic character. I Remco Venepol obviously is there as well. He's potentially going to be part of it, even though we said the wheels are going to come off in Arsenal quick step. And then you've got Roglic as well, but the team isn't that strong. So, well, we're on the Col de Bonnet. And uh, what does the front group look like? There's five, seven riders in that group. Could potentially be three UAE riders, two Yombo riders, and then Roglic and Remco. Wouldn't surprise me at all. That's a good, that's a good crystal ball you got up, up there. I think that's... Uh... <laughs> I mean, I mean, that could honestly be the scenario. I think then my question in all this is, Ayuso, he's gone to the Giro. Does he then do the Vuelta as well? He might as well. He's never done a double uh, tour program. So but I really yeah. want to see Tabagacha back at the Vuelta Espana as well. I think that could be the case. I think you could have a Pagacha and a Yuzo combo at the, at the Vuelta. But then your only problem is Il Lombardia. Who goes there to... You know, Pogaccia's a multiple winner now. He uh, almost feels like he needs to go there and he needs to do these Italian races, doing the tour and then the Vuelta. I doubt he'll be able to be as competitive as he needs to be to win the Il Lombardia. So you're then relying on other riders in the team to to pick up the slack. And however strong, I did say earlier, their team is for these like hilly races i'm not sure if they have that other rider in there to kind of execute it hershey maybe could be able to do it but it's a long shot almeida does his choo-choo kind of chugging up the climb doesn't really work adam yates maybe could do it i think he could be the other person who if he went to the tour and then didn't do the Vuelta but did the italian races he could certainly do something there so what do you reckon do you think that ue care more about Pogaccia going to the Vuelta and doing the Tour of Vuelta, or do they care more about Pogaccia winning Il Lombardia again? You make a really good point. I completely forgot about Il Lombardia, and yeah, 
if he does the tall welter, then Lombardia probably not as competitive. And if they're still with one eye on the world tour rankings, I think you have to send Tad Gacha to the Italian races. But then it just seems that if you've just got you got a user at the Vuelta who, you know, let's bet he is still like barely out of his teens. Yates. Almeida just send like a pro cycling manager squad and then hopefully just throw throw them all yeah. at the wall and then hopefully something sticks to the podium. Yeah. You have such a strength and depth that they could send a team with five people who could win stages at the Vuelta. Maybe that would be more interesting. I just do fear about sending a user to do a two Grand Tour program when he is still so young, considering that they haven't even done that with Pagacci yet. So why would they start doing it with a user when the user is a few years younger? Maybe it might be that might be just a step too far for somebody so young. So maybe just a full stage hunting team would be more fun with a, you know, McNulty, with Ulissi, send Micah, but just as a stage hunter, like old polka dot jersey hunting Micah might be quite fun to see. Maybe a user goes there as like a slight stab, a GC with Almeida, but maybe Almeida gets the leadership because he was a domestique at the tour. But what about send Del Toro, maybe? <laughs> Why not? Rest of a Mexican Vuelta Spaniel winner. Yeah, Jay Vine's always been quite good at the Vuelta as well. If I'm in theory sending him to the Giro, maybe him going to the Vuelta as well. He's always quite good at the Vuelta, so he could go there as well. That makes more sense. And then I know I just kind of said Del Toro, but maybe he would make more sense at the Italian races. There's plenty of kind of, I don't want to say non-serious, but you know, it's the end of a season. And I think that that gives a slightly less pressure approach for Del Toro to really get into the, the one-day racing. Maybe him and Morgado, the two kind of young signings, could uh, could go to some of the Italian races. That could be quite fun. It means that Pagaccia doesn't need to do all of them. And they could kind of field those guys in there as well with uh, with a Yates, possibly. No, I agree with that. The Welter could, yeah, quite an interesting prospect from the team selection point. But we might as well come to our predictions. First prediction is, are they going to win a Grand Tour? Yes, I think they will do. Which one? I think they'll win the Giro. Yeah, I was going to say the Giro as well. Do you think uh, Tad Bogaccio wins the Tour de France? I'm obviously oh, going to say yes, because I've been saying yes for the past two years. So yes, Tad Bogaccio wins the... I don't think he will. It, it pains me to say, but I just I just don't know. If, if his preparation is perfect, then it'll be competitive. But I just favour Jonas on those long climbs. That Col de Bonnet is making me scared. So it's such a high mountain. I just I would feel safer putting my money on Jonas. I'm sorry, Pagacha fans, I've let you down, but that's, <laughs> that's just how I feel. I think we all secretly feel a little bit like that. In the UAE video as well. It feels treacherous. <laughs> how many monuments do you think they're going to win? I mean, I would love to see that Pagacha win Pyro Bay. Oh, gosh. With that would be... Context, but yeah, I don't think he'd go. I think they'll win... I'll go with two. I think they'll win Liège. I think they'll win San Remo. Not Lombardia? No, I don't think... Well, if Pagacha <laughs> goes to Lombardia, then, then, then yeah, then, then they win that. Four in a row. Yeah, actually, that probably makes more sense. Liège and Lombardia makes more sense. Yeah, I don't think they will win Milan-San Remo. I don't think they... I don't think Tadragacha is going to have that heavy program. Well, we don't know. It's just speculation at this point. But I'm going to say he wins only in Lombardia. And, but they top, they top five all the others. Even Robert. I like that. Yeah. How many stages in each of the Grand Tours do you think? Ooh, I think they'll win two in the Giro. I think they'll win 
four in the tour. That rhymes, that's good. <laughs> and I think they will get with their apparent stage hunting massacre team at the, G- at the Vuelta. I think they'll also win four at the Vuelta. This is going to be a big year, apparently. I'm going to say four in the Giro because they also have Milano who's going to pick up his mandatory one stage. Yeah. And then I also take two and then one more goes to someone. In the tour, two stages. And in the welter, I'm going to say three stages. So we're both backing them to have a good year. Well, they took stages in this. They absolutely hoovered up this year. So, Who do you think will be like a, a breakout performance? Or who, who do you think is going to kind of, of all like their youngsters that they've got, who do you think is going to do the best? Juan Ayuso winning the Giro. Oh, that's very true. I'm very excited to see what Finn Fisher Black can do. After that nah. one Vuelta stage where Jonas won and he came second, I think that Finn Fisher Black's got a uh, a little bit of a uh, little bit of hype around him. I think he could definitely pick up a, a decent result somewhere in the year. Isaac Del Toro, what do you think is going to happen in his Neo Pro season? I think he'll top ten a couple of dot pro races, like a I don't know, like 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 a like a Volta Algarve or a Communitat Valenciana or a Tour of Luxembourg or something like that. I think he'll top 10 some of those. I'm going to say he wins the Tour of Austria. Jonathan <laughs> <laughs> Navarez, he's coming for you. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, he absolutely dominated that. Yeah. But anyways, that's it for our team preview here of UAT Emirates, the number one winners of the World Tour in 2023. Make sure to check out our team review if you haven't already. Uh, check out all the UAE interviews we have with Jay Vine and Michael Vink. And head over to Patrick's own channel, I'll Do Cycling. And we are, of course, available on Spotify as well. So check us out there, the Cycling Dane podcast. But with that, thank you very much for watching. And we will see you in the next one.